Welcome to the Pi Day edition, 314, March 14th edition of the PFF forecast. Got a good one. We're going to do um, some free agency look ahead. We're going to talk a little bit about Cam, a um, little bit about uh, the Kansas City offensive line, which you may be a part of uh, here shortly. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to do the AFC West win total predictions and talk about the division odds there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's rock. Breaking news, we just finished recording, but Aaron Jones has just signed four years, $48 million, basically, as you pointed out, the same contract that Joe Mixon got. Good signing, bad signing, what do you think? Come on, man. Like, look, this is, (laughs) Joe Mixon is like one of the exact examples. We actually got a good season last year among running backs who signed these big deals, and it's still decidedly mixed. McCaffrey barely played. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott fell off the face of the earth. Um, And Joe Mixon, like, Joe Mixon was, like, on the inactive list for most of the season. We're hitting 50% here. You're the Packers. You just used a number two pick on A.J. Dillon. Like, so what do you, like, this doesn't make any sense to me. This is, I am dumbfounded. I told you last week that I thought that the one shining uh, the one light in in drafting A.J. Dillon was that you wouldn't overspend on Aaron Jones. I, I don't understand this at all. I like Aaron Jones. I think he's a great personality and a really good football player. But paying a running back when you have so many other areas that you want to um, bolster to help Aaron Rodgers, it makes no sense to me. Zero. One, o- one other point here. Aaron Jones extremely efficient last year. 5.5 yards per carry. Only 201 carries. Do you think they, they did a really good job of mixing and matching the mm-hmm. running backs? Do you think now he gets into that 250, 300 carry range to justify this deal? And does, does that make it even worse? Yeah, that's a I, I don't know. I mean, they drafted, they spent draft capital on AJ Dillon. I have no idea. It's, uh, I'm, my mind is boggled. Free agency on the horizon. We've yep. got, uh, the very own, our very own Brad Spielberger has touched down. He's in Cincinnati right now. He's going to be with us. Do you think he's finding week. out the the good the goodness that is Cincinnati? Like it's, what, I mean, you're going to take him out to uh, get some food. I was going to ask you where are you going to take him? I since he's finest. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like there's so much to choose from. Yeah. It might just be where the wind blows me at yeah. this point. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, It'll I'm excited. You're right into a bowl of chili. We have we have. Um, we have a lot of content coming up over the next week. Um, I think you know this. This brings out the best and a lot of the stuff we could do at PFF, which is scheme fits and um, you know. Now we're then we have Brad. We could talk about dollar amounts more intelligently. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know um, you know we can project these players forward. It's going to be a good time. It's also well, there's this report coming out from Diana Rossini that's basically saying that you know a lot of players are going to be opting for one year deals this year. It's it's going to I think. It's going to make next season interesting too, because there's going to be a lot of. You remember when Alshon Jeffrey signed a one-year deal with right. Philly, had a good half season, then Philly signed him to a big extension. Like I think that there's going to be a lot of extensions signed during the during their actual season, because I don't think a lot of players are going to be taking 
you know, high end, uh, you know, high end money right now because there just isn't that much to go around. There's not a lot to go around. Plus, you figure the um, like this year is going to be a little more normal, and the TV deals should bring in a ton of money. And so you'll have like it would make sense for a lot of players who don't think you know who aren't at the top. Like the only guy that I can really think of, you know, obviously Dak got plenty, but like I'd be very curious to see what happens with Trent Williams, you know, because. He's one of those guys, such a premium position. There's really no one else out there on his level. Um, been the highest graded left ta- or highest graded tackle in three of his ten seasons, including last year. Like he could get twenty mil a year. Yeah. But he could also maybe maybe it's just maybe that isn't the case, and he goes, "Give me one year." I mean, and we know that it's for different reasons, but baseball has turned out to be like this, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's sort of like there's a staring contest for. A significant part of the offseason even for guys who should be considered elite mm-hmm. and it's again just because we all have the same information there's no uh you know some teams synthesize it obviously better than others but there's a there's a big you know uh there's a big impasse here and a lot of teams are wary of doing some of the things now some teams aren't tampa you know they're giving out voidable years or void years. Mm. I, you know, I, the different the the difference to me isn't that big. But then, but then there's also like the signing bonus. You know, they they've historically not kicked the can down the road. Mm-hmm. This is the one time they are, and, and I can't really blame them because they have a, a Super Bowl window. So, uh, you know, a, a blanket statement about all the teams is probably going to be false. But it, it's a it's going to be an interesting time as far as. Um, you know how this ex- does this do a lot of free agents get extended out to the draft like are we talking mm-hmm. about who signs with whom that week after you know uh, the draft uh, more so than we are right now uh, maybe you know because the draft you know is is going to I think set the you know put the pieces in place for a lot of teams uh, and free agents are going to be secondary let's talk about a guy that signed with uh, this past week and that's um, that's Cam Newton one year, $5 million. I think, not surprisingly, everyone looks at what happened last season and goes, oh, like, you know, it's over for him and Belichick and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like, everyone always misreads Belichick. Everyone always overreacts to Cam, as you've mentioned multiple times. So he comes back, $5 million, which is absolutely hilarious. Taysom Hill next year is going to make, uh, was it? 14. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's egregious. I mean, <laughs> he's average, by comparison, obviously. Uh, Taysom Hill's APY over the next two years on his contract is $10.5 million. Um, Marcus Mariota, 8.8. Uh, who are some other good ones here? Nick Foles going to make $8 million Respect, per though. year. Yeah. Um, I mean, Todd Gurley's making more money next year than um, than Cam Newton is. Which is interesting because both Cam and Todd like had a lot of rushing touchdowns for their rushing production mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, Cam was actually a far better player uh, on the ground than Gurley was. But it, even through the air, like, I mean, this is crazy to think about, but what would you have guessed that Cam Newton's yards per attempt was? Ooh, if you read, um, if you read anything on like, you know, Twitter or anything, you'd probably say it was like five yards. Yeah, it was seven uh, seven point two. Yeah, it wasn't. It, he was nowhere near as bad as yeah. the traditional stats are going to tell you he was. Now, um, so uh, taking a look here at um, his quarterback annual stuff, he he did not throw the ball particularly well from a clean pocket. He yeah. had a lot of negatively graded plays, um, and that was that isn't good. However, I'll point this out: was there a worse supporting cast no. in the NFL? 
No. And he had about as many turnover-worthy plays as big-time throws, despite the fact that his dot was about the same as his yards per attempt. He was 7.2 yards per attempt, 7.3 uh, dot, which you can now get as a part of the updated version of, P of, of mm -hmm. uh, premium stats here. Um, but they had, you know, they had a decent, you know, 19 drops or so. Um, you know, they didn't have now they're just traded away Marcus Cannon, but like they didn't have Marcus Cannon last year. Um, you got to think that with some free agency dollars, they're going to spend up at the wide receiver position. Belichick's only really spent on premium positions away from the football mm -hmm. during his time with with New England. He's never done it at wide receiver, by the way, but he's always done it with, you know, Revis and, and, and Gilmore. But, you know, the, the season really did turn. Um, after so he's 8.2 yards per attempt against Miami, nine yards per attempt against Seattle. Both game grades, you know, fairly good as a passer. Both he was over really 70. Good Seattle. Then, then he had the Las Vegas game where they kind of grinded that win out. Um, then he had COVID. Then you know, then they had the Denver game. We had two interceptions. Then he had the San Francisco game. If you remember that game, mm -hmm. three interceptions in just 15 pass attempts. Um, you know, and then after that, it was sort of a series of games where he, like, didn't throw. It's interesting. Against the Jets in Week 17, he had three touchdowns to get him up to eight, you mm -hmm. know, for the whole year. But it was, like, it was a lot of games where they didn't trust him that much. It was a lot of games, um, you know, I think of the Rams game on that Thursday night where it was just, like, there was a weirdness there where they didn't trust him, um, which, which to me made this signing really surprising. Because if they would have, like, you know, had him drop back 40 times a game and throw and he was – weaker then you could say oh well there's x y and z but they didn't even give him the opportunity to do that so is that going to be their um you know approach in 2021 or is this just a placeholder is yeah. this a um, well that's the thing is so if you look at guys making five million dollars per year um you've got tyrod taylor case keenum ryan fitzpatrick chase daniel at 4.3 this is this is not a, hey, we're paying this guy, he's going to be our starter. But what it does signal, signal to me is that the Patriots sitting there at 15 might be going, it's going to be hard for us to get another quarterback. You know, I'm sure they've kicked the tires on Jimmy G. Um, I'm sure they're doing their due diligence on all those quarterbacks and learning everything they can. And they must be saying, hey, there's a good shot we don't get one of them. And this is as good an insurance policy as you're going to find. Getting Cam Newton for $5 million is it's, it's a fucking steal. Yeah. I mean... It, so here's the other thing. Here are his top targets last year. Jacoby Myers, 72 targets. Demir Bird, 60 targets. Nikhil Harry, 46. And James White, 46. My God, James White. James White, only 46 targets. Maybe that's part of the problem. Um, I mean, that's horrible. Well, now, yeah, it's bad. And and do you think do you think that this also signifies the fact that Belichick's in it for the long haul? Because my my thought is, like... This is another situation where he's like, look, I'm not pressing anything. I'm not desperate mm -hmm. to make moves so that we can compete in 2021 because there's no guarantee, even if you make all the right moves, that Miami and Buffalo will fall off or the Jets won't emerge as a contender. So then, you know, for him, he's like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to make any, I, I'm not going to make any bad decisions. How many years of this, though, do you think that he that is willing do. to put up with or the, the New England Patriots are willing to put up with? I, I just have I have to think that they are going to make they're going to take some lottery tickets at the quarterback position. They've got to, um, and I you know if they can't get a guy at fifteen, I would be stunned if they didn't take a guy at some point you know second or third round. Um, think about like a guy like Davis Mills, the guy that uh, Chris Sims on the last podcast. Davis Mills also showed up in the Fanduel odds to be the number one quarterback taken this week. Uh, as, there you go. You know, 
I could see that happening. Um, <laughs> that'd be incredible. Um, but I, I could see them taking a couple of shots here. The weird thing to me is bringing Cam Newton back is again, I think Belichick saying, I, you know, we can win football games. Yeah. And I don't know that that's necessarily does, the case. Does he know? I mean, so they went 7-9 and nine last year. Probably, I mean, I guess the Baltimore game was weird. But there were games they could have won, you know. Mm. Uh, you know, the, so let's say, let's say they're fundamentally a 7-9 team still. Um, like, is, Belichick clearly doesn't believe in tanking, right? Because, like, mm -hmm. last year was the year to do it. Was it was the year to do it, yep. And because uh, all the players opted out. You know, he didn't have any receivers, et cetera, et cetera. And he still, like, they, they put together game plans to win seven games. Do you think that he will ever – he'll never put his team in a position to tank? Like, if they lose 13 games, it's going to be because they lost 13 games, not because, like, they went mm -hmm. through any sort of procedure that was – Yeah, and it's weird, man. Like, I would have expected if anyone was confident enough and, um, you know, about – you know, Belichick presumably gets it and – has nothing to lose, you know? He's in the perfect position to do it. So it's it's weird. I do just think, I think Belichick is probably wired more similarly to some of the great players than we think. Like, Brady's never, you know, gonna gonna tank. You know, Jordan was never gonna, you know, like they were- You never asked and, to be taken out of a game when they're behind by 21. Yeah, like, yeah. It, You know, it's, like, it's I one just, of those. I just don't think he's got it in him. So it, it's gonna be very interesting to see this season. Um, I- I am very curious to see, and this we can transition into the free agency stuff. Very curious to see if they go out and attack um, any of these wide receivers, because for my money, Will Fuller would be the perfect guy for them. You'll probably get him somewhat cheap. Yeah. People don't want to deal with the injuries and the PED stuff, and he gets separation down the football field. Which, when Cam Newton was was last great. You know, it was with Ted Ginn and not Calvin Benjamin. Well, that was what we were discussing. I was thinking, like, Calvin Benjamin being sort of, like, uh, poor, a very poor man's, like, Kenny Galladay. But mm -hmm. what you mentioned was their actual seasons of success were when Bel Benjamin was injured um, and, and Ted Ginn was the number one guy, along with the tight end. That's the other thing that the Patriots have really missed. I mean, yep. Gronk, Gronk no longer being a part of that football team is, is an immense loss. And... You know, they, they tried drafting two tight ends in the last draft. Um, you know, that really didn't work out year one. Uh, does Cam, is that a player Cam needs? Like, you know, does does that mean Hunter Henry? Hunter Henry being sort of like a, uh, we'll talk about the Chargers here, but Hunter Henry uh, testing the waters. Does does he go there? I mean, Jonu Smith, you know, Jared Cook. You know, there's a ton of tight ends that are available to be had here uh, during these months. And do you think the Patriots, I mean, that, that to me, they have to go after wide receiver and they have to go after um, you know, a tight end, and and maybe they'll maybe they'll make a splash. Now, in fairness, um, Josh Hill could have been one of their targets. He's no longer on the. That's true. He was uh, snapped up by Dan Campbell. I wonder if Jared Cook, you know, does he just get the band back together? Yeah, or Benjamin Watson comes out of retirement to go play for Benjamin the uh, for the former Saints coach. Benjamin Watson was a guy that um, I had on my fantasy team for like seven straight years always expecting him to be to have a breakout and like, ben watson was the least athletic tight end to ever run a 4-4 in the combine yeah i think that's fair <laughs> i think it's very fair i mean you mentioned um galladay and and so there's galladay fuller obviously godwin and robinson were both tagged 
There's Juju, Corey Davis. Corey Davis is an interesting one. Um, which of, one of these guys, or maybe multiple of these guys, are going to, I feel like, get, you know, they're not going to get the long-term big money that they're looking for. And in fact, that could be a lot of guys. Who are some, as you look at the free agents that are still there, that you're like, man, I, this guy might have to take a, a deal for yeah. one year. Let me, let me ask you a question based upon what you just said. Yeah. If you were a star wide receiver, would you take would you take a long term deal? <sighs> Probably not. Right. It depend. To me, the answer is it depends. Yeah. If Seattle signing me, sure. If you know, if the Houston Texans, you know, whoever tra- Houston Texans trade Deshaun Watson to does, yeah. Mm. But like for when you look across the league. The quarterback position is extremely transient in the NFL. Look mm-hmm. at look at the uh, division we're talking about, right? The t- division we're going to talk about today is probably the most stable. Mm-hmm. But even then, Denver's quarterback is up for grabs. The Las Vegas Raiders are constantly talking mm-hmm. about upgrading for Derek Carr. Justin Herbert's in year two. We have no clue. You know, he had a great year one. We have no clue. Mahomes is the the one. But you look at like the look at the NFC South. Matt Ryan, this is last year, possibly. No clue about Carolina. Teddy's the guy now, but you know, very well could draft somebody. Um, Tampa Bay's Brady, right? Like Brady's going to retire at some point. Um, and then who the hell is the New Orleans starting quarterback? Like if I'm a wide receiver, like think about Allen Robinson. He goes to yeah. Chicago and like, and by the time he's in year three, he's so frustrated with quarterback play that you know, he, mm-hmm. mo- you know, he moves on. Like I think a lot of these guys might prefer to. Um, it, like especially a guy like Juju, who like, I mean, Juju's in like a place where he could sign somewhere like a four-year deal, and be in an offense where he's doing his job really well, but he doesn't have production at all, right? And if and if that happens, then like he's lo- that's his last contract. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and, and so like I think like think about okay, so obviously. Robinson and Godwin are staying put. Galladay, I think, will get a decent deal. I think Fuller will get a decent deal. After that, like, can you see Corey Davis getting a a, a longer deal? Antonio Brown, obviously not. Ty Hilton's a like Ty Hilton's going to go to the Bills for like one year, ten million. Like it, it's it just it looks like that all over the place. Curtis Samuel might be one that surprises us um, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, at the wide receiver position, I see a lot of guys sort of. You know, last year we only had one free agent at the wide receiver position that made any kind of money. Like, you know, Robbie Anderson was not, you know, a, he did not break the bank. No, it's a really good point. I think the league also just sort of sees them as being pretty replaceable too. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I think that's a really good point. What do you think Trent Williams ends up getting? <clears throat> uh, well... So I, you think so? the the odds The odds on favorite is that he stays in San Fran. San mm-hmm. Fran has about thirty in cap space, but mm-hmm. they could probably. I mean, you always tack on a little bit more to that, I guess. Um, Twenty three. Yeah, I, I'm going to be very interested to see. He's the guy to me that if you were betting on who gets who gets the best deal, you know, like relative to what they would get in a normal year, it's him. It's all about, right? So the year that Vaughn Miller won Super Bowl MVP, it was all about getting the, like it all, re, you know, and and then it was Patrick Mahomes. And then, you know, like, like, and then, you know, all this kind of stuff, like this past Super Bowl, it was like, oh my God, the Chiefs offensive line let them down. And, you know, you can't win unless you have that thing resolved. 
And so, like, I think teams are going to look at Trent Williams and say, well, if he's healthy in the Super Bowl, this that should ain't happening to us, mm-hmm. you know. And and I uh, so I think he'll have a market for sure, um, which is good for teams that because I don't see another tackle making that much. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, the existence of Riley Reef helps the the teams. I think the existence of Alejandro Villanueva, you know, helps the teams. Like there are going to be tackles that get money in free agency, like in that six to seven million dollar range that start for teams this this next year and and i think that that's gonna hurt like i think that the offensive line is gonna be even more of a barbell in that way mm-hmm. so um your chiefs no tackles they've been they've been disposed of um a lot of a lot of memes about mahomes looking at his offensive line he's just sitting there by himself you know those are fun but like on a very real note how do you feel uh, you you kind of had to see this coming right because the, you know they were both costing a lot of money. Yep. Um, Mitchell Schwartz injury obviously was very bad. Um, so are are you like surprised, nervous? What's your feeling? I'd be a little bit more nervous if um, if I if they obviously didn't know that this was coming, right? Like the the one thing that was interesting was a couple weeks ago when Schwartz had his surgery and um, they were talking about Fisher being ready for the training camp, and I was like. That's absurd. Mm-hmm. Like, so they were clearly like sort of setting the thing up, I think, to get rid of the two guys. Um, Schwartz, obviously, top three tackle in, you know, during his time um, with, with the Chiefs, uh, as well as just overall. Um, so it's tough. Also, also Austin Ryder, starter at center for two straight seasons, looks to be out. Um, so it's going to be tough for them. That being said, they didn't really have a great offensive line all year. Like, Schwartz has been out uh, for most of the last 10 games of the regular season, most of the playoffs. Fisher isn't all that good anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I think that they're not that far. Lucas Nang was a right tackle they drafted last year that opted out. Um, and, you know, the the free agency pool is replete with guards and, tack- and, and will be tackles as well. So I think they'll be okay. There's a, there's a decent amount of work they have to do. I mean, they have not converted Chris Jones's Twenty million dollar roster bonus to a signing bonus. If they did that, that would pro that would make that like that would give free them up. I'm trying to do I forgot how many years, but like fifteen million in cap space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so Tyreek Hill is a similar, not quite as much there. Um, and then I think Tyron Matthews going to be uh, extended soon. So I think they'll have enough. Like if they wanted to make a run at somebody like Trent Williams, they could. It would just be literally probably their only real move. Mm-hmm, note. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Like. I, I actually think there's another 49er, former 49er, that would make more sense for them to go after, and that's Richard Sherman. Um, especially if you can, you know, get him on somewhat of a of a deal. You know, he obviously values competition um, and, and and being good on a good team, and that that would be a good team. I think he would love to play with Tyron Matthew. Um, in fact, Trent Williams brought up the Chiefs this past week, and I like I was very surprised that he brought it up for Sherman. But it does it does make some sense to me, and I, I'm I'm guessing you're on the same um, uh, on the same page as far as t- uh, tackles go. But like their problem last year wasn't that their tackles were bad; it was that they ran out of them. Yeah. So like the the point here is that you want to go get depth at the you know on your offensive line. You don't need Trent Williams. You need bodies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people are absurd. I, this is the thing about the Chiefs that really makes me laugh a little bit. 
they made the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. And their approach on the offensive line is very clearly pay for tackles, skimp on the interior, which is almost exactly what we would do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And in the Super Bowl, and and they even skimp on left tackle because it's more expensive than right. They they mm-hmm. pay up for the you know a right good right tackle rate for Schwartz. And in the Super Bowl against the Niners, like they had to help. Fisher out a lot mm-hmm. and their interior of the offensive line wasn't great either on the on the wasp play buckner looped if buckner just rushes up field mahomes is sacked and mm-hmm. they're punting down 10. um and, and the problem is is like football, the way that the thing is constructed it's scarcity like you can't like it's not your fault sometimes that you left with holes because you can't pay everybody and and sometimes guys get hurt and you know if so, so people are like, they saw it as a design flaw on the Chiefs. I'm like, no, like, the two tackles got hurt. What do you expect? And mm-hmm. and Tampa was the hottest team in football at the time. So, like, yeah. what did we really expect to have happen there? I thought that Andy Reid would call a better game. Like, that was the one failure, I thought. He, I thought he'd call a better game and protect Mahomes a little bit differently. But going into the, the biggest mistake they could make, I think, this offseason would be to say everything else. I need We need to correct everything else after we correct the offensive line because part of the reason your offensive line was so thin was because you paid up for wide receiver depth you paid up mm-hmm. for cornerback depth at time or your safety depth really um you made some mistakes frank clark anthony hitchens but like don't compound that by because i if trent williams gets hurt in week three they're in the same freaking place that mm-hmm. they were beginning mm-hmm. you know in the beginning here so i think you, you need to spread out the risk a little bit if you're kansas city especially there's some other so it'd be interesting to see what sherman gets there's yeah. also William Jackson. Yeah. It, Casey Hayward is now on Casey the Casey Hayward market. is – is, and I'm not the big scheme guy, but, like, Sherman's a great Chiefs fit. Like, they don't value corners that much. They play a ton of zone, and and he's, like, a keep everything in front of you, make plays on the ball kind of guy. They're perfect for Kansas City. Hayward's, like – and I don't mean to diss Sherman, but, like, Hayward's younger. Well, no, they were drafted in the same year. Mm-hmm. Like – he seems younger, right? Like he he's he's had fewer injuries for sure. Those guys both seem like perfect Chiefs, mm-hmm. like zone corners who who are disciplined. And you know the Chiefs have some. You know, Bashad Breland's a free agent. Charvarius Ward will eventually come up for a contract extension. Like they need a corner. And I can't imagine somebody like Sherman who won a Super Bowl in his what second year in the league, third year in the league, or whatever, and has lost two cents wouldn't want another. Crack oh, he at wants him. another one. I think Casey Hayward is going to be an absolute steal. He's the third someone. most valuable cornerback in the NFL since entering the league in 2012. And those include the Green Bay years where they – this is the other thing about Hayward that's a steal. So he played outside in L.A., mm-hmm. but he was an inside corner for Green Bay. So he's got that versatility that you really do want. And I guys who are also good – like Kareem Jackson was like this. Inside, outside guys also make decent safeties in, mm-hmm. in sub-packages. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's almost – zero bust potential with Hayward other than him getting hurt because if he doesn't play well on the outside you can play him inside or in the or or deep um and if he plays on the outside just like he has I mean only I think it was Sherman and Chris Harris since uh since um Hay- uh, Hayward got into the league have had more award than him I mean it's going to be and, and I I can see why people are going to want William Jackson more taller guy um, younger guy yeah, yeah. has had, you know, I think his highs are probably very high. You know, some teams do that, but the inconsistency there is going to make me pause a little bit and say, do you really want to give him the top of the market cornerback deal? Yeah. I, I just think, Hey, someone's going to get Hayward and it's going to be, we're going to look at it next year and go, wow, that, that was a big move. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it'll be very interesting. We will be uh, live, live 95 with you guys. Uh, if you're listening to this on Sunday, with you tomorrow on Monday at 3 p.m. right here. We have a whole crew. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, you can go to pff.com, get yourself a Edge subscription, and check out um, the, the free agency big board. Look at all the um, salary projections from Brad uh, Spielberger, all of the grades and analysis for each of those players so that you are uh, up to date on everything that is happening and ready for free agency. And of course, the draft is you know, right around the corner. The draft guide uh, is second to none. You'll want to make sure that you get your Edge subscription in time to read all of it because it is a lot. All right, we're going to get to the AFC West win totals here in a second. Before we do, got to tell you guys about the opportunity at DraftKings and the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I don't know if you've noticed, maybe you've been living under a rock, but it's March. Madness is coming. We didn't have it last year. We've got college basketball and, um, you know, college basketball stinks. It's not, it's not a good product. What I've noticed is that a, that one, doesn't keep me from betting on FCS, yes. George. Yeah. <laughs> what I've noticed is that first off, it's still massively fun to bet, and secondly, a one-and-done tournament scheme can make any product really exciting, and that's what college basketball uh, does. And at DraftKings, you can use promo code PFF and bet four dollars on any underdog to win outright and win two hundred and fifty-six dollars uh, if the pick is right. So. What you can do is you can go make that happen and then take that money and throw it towards draft props, which are going to be a ton of fun. So go to DraftKings or download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code PFF. Bet $4 on any underdog to win and get $256 payout. Uh, you must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania, Michigan only. New customers are the only ones that are eligible. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana. 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Uh, also, a reminder that at pff.com, you can get yourself an Edge or an Elite subscription. Both of them are great. They both get you access to all the premium content uh, for free agency and the draft. They both get you the draft guide. Um, obviously, the Elite subscription, which is a little more expensive, gives you all the betting dashboards, DFS optimizer, props tool for next season. Uh, both are great, great value. Go to pff.com and get yourself set up for free agency and the draft. And now it is time for the AFC West win totals. Predictions here. Let's take a look before we do at the um, the odds here on DraftKings Sportsbook. Chiefs minus 335, Chargers plus 450, Raiders 11 to 1, and your Denver Broncos are 14 to 1 yeah. uh, the, to win the division. The Chiefs currently the heaviest favorite to win their division at minus 335 the next closest green bay mm -hmm. at minus 230 that number's actually gone down a little bit since we talked about it mm -hmm. um so green uh, kansas city won five consecutive afc west titles um this will be i think maybe i i mean i with the with chargers contested them in 2018 they both finished the same record chiefs got a tiebreaker and contested them in 2016 um with the raiders did they finished with the same record but i gotta think that this this year actually has the biggest potential to challenge kansas city for the afc west in quite some time and because we know the chargers are the chargers but they they do have you know and, and brandon staley was on uh chris's podcast with richard sherman mm -hmm. very affable guy um very smart guy um justin herbert rookie of the year um, my concerns about his regression, notwithstanding, they got a shot. 
Um, I don't like what they're doing as far as dumping players the mm-hmm. way that they have and getting rid of Shane Steichen I thought was a mistake. But that that team at four four and a half to one uh, nine to two could really like make a make a play here. And the Raiders were an eight and eight team last year. Like the, mm-hmm. they were kind of the, the Raiders have kind of been an average team for the last few years. I mean, with defenses where you could not have rolling you know rolled more snake eye dice, right? Yeah, like, yeah. and so if they get Derek Carr's play from the last two years. And they somehow luck into average defense. Like I think eleven to one is a value. Um, okay, and- let me make a let me you. I think you made great points for both those teams. I think if I had to bet one under uh, one long shot here, though, it would be the Broncos. Yep. Simply because, and we're going to talk about what their total is. And this was my note. Like they may very well have the worst quarterback situation in the NFL. Yep. Uh, let me put this into context. The Houston Texans currently have the same odds to win the AFC South that the Denver Broncos have to win the AFC West. Like, and and similarly, if you look at the Jets, have the same odds to win the NFC. Mm-hmm. You're getting like the the Broncos aren't the Jets or the Houston right, Texans. Right, right. They're 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 a football team. They're a legitimately very good football team everywhere, but the most important, but quarterback. And yeah. so that's when it they're. It's interesting because Fangio now is with the Broncos, right? But they remind me a lot of the Bears where they have a lot of – and actually the Broncos have much better skill position players. I mean, much better. And, um, you know, they have good players on defense. Fangio is a fantastic defensive coordinator. And they're in, at least presumably, the Deshaun Watson. And they could get Von Miller back. Here's a hot take. I've been doing a lot of analysis of, like, schemes and stuff. Do you think – so you, you cluster schemes together. There's mm-hmm. this like group of defenses. It's 2020 Rams, 2020 Broncos, 2019 Broncos, 2018 Chicago Bears. They're all the same. Do you ever wonder if the one of the older coaches in a tree mm-hmm. can learn from one of the younger ones? Because I, I think about like Gary Kubiak, right? Like has really really did a great job in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. If you if you sort of like. Uh, you know, normalized by the fact he runs too much. But, like, that was a very efficient offense. Mm-hmm. He clearly was taking notes from the Shan- the guys that came after him, Shanahan and and even McVay, the lesser degree McVay. There's a chance, I think, that the Broncos, if they play this thing right, could have one of the best defenses in football in a very similar way to the Rams, mm-hmm. right, where mm-hmm. where they go ahead and, you know, take some of the, the principles that, Brandon Staley extended in LA and bring them back to Denver. And if that happens and they get, let's say they got like cousins or above. I mean, they're, they're a nine, 10 win team, mm-hmm. right? Like I think pretty easily. And all you need to see with the chiefs is a little bit of a slip up for this thing to have legs. Um, you know, there's going to be a year in this Mahomes era where the chiefs just go 10 and six. And one of the teams in the division goes 11 and five. And, you know, much like Tampa didn't even win the division this year and won the Super Bowl. Like, mm-hmm. like there's there's just going to be a year where it's like, oh, there's just a couple, a string of bad games, string of injuries, all that kind of stuff. Like, if the tackles for the Chiefs got hurt in week six, right, then they could have lost a few of those games in a row. And I think we look at Kansas City sort of as like 14-2, and two, won the division five straight years, all this kind of, They've only lost like three or four games to the division at, mm-hmm. at all for the last five years. And we think, oh, Denver's got no shot. But Denver's Den- – all these teams have a legitimate shot at, at taking them down, at least for one year. I, I don't think sustainably so, right. unless Denver gets like Watson or something. But there, I, I, 
I don't know if this is the year, but I do think that some of these prices are, are overly inflated given the history. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew Locke, um, 64 PFF grade last year, um, had the highest negatively graded play rate among 32 quarterbacks in the uh, PFF QB annual, lowest uh, on-target throw percentage. It wasn't great for him. Um, the one thing that uh, the one thing that might give you a little bit of hope if you're trying to you know give him another shot here would be that look he was terrible under pressure absolutely atrocious under pressure but graded kind of towards average um, from a clean pocket and um, you know if you're going like okay well that's more stable and you know his pressure grade can can um, you know, uh, regress back towards average. His his pass rating under pressure was 26. <laughs> you know, so like, I guess there's a shot, but but you think about them sitting there, you know, um, at the end of the top 10 in the draft, and I do wonder if there's a chance that one of the quarterbacks, you know, does slip. Do people really sour on Justin Fields? You know, we talked to, to Chris Sims, and one of my biggest takeaways from talking to Chris Sims was, wow, like there is an, you know, we've always, I think, fought for Justin Fields. You know, I, I just really like the guy, yeah, but like yeah. um, there are some things certainly to be worried about with him. But, you know, at some point you got to be like, well, yeah, there's there's reason to be worried about just about every quarterback. Yep. And we're going to take this guy and give him a shot, you know, in, in a system that works best for him. And I'll say this about the Broncos. Like if you're a rookie quarterback, that may be one of the, that that might be the top spot you want to go. Like they have so many weapons. Yeah. What what's your take? Um, what's your take for Pat, on Pat Shermer? I kind of like Pat Shermer. It's decidedly mixed, though. I kind of like Pat Shermer. I I think Pat Shermer, um, like, what don't kill you only makes you stronger. Like he didn't completely die in in New York. You know. Like I thought that. Um, he, he stuck by his guns on some of the two-point stuff, which I thought was really cool. Um, I think he can be good. I think he can be good as an offensive coordinator. So he had success in St. Louis, of all places, as the offensive coordinator for Sam Bradford, who was the number one pick in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, he had success with Case Keenum in Minnesota, um, which was you know very unexpected. And I don't mean to play revisionist historian here, but the New York Giants were 12th in 2019 in yards per play. 12th in 2018 with, with Eli in yards per play. Didn't win any football games, right? Large part because they drafted a running back at two, mm-hmm. um, but, but I lost. And then 2019, um, this is with a rookie quarterback uh, for some of the time and with Eli for the other time. They're 19th um, ahead of... You know, Jacks ahead of New England that year, which was twelve and fourteen. Ahead of the Eagles, who ended up winning that division. Ahead of the Colts, Bills, who played, made the playoffs. My point is, I think Pat Shermer actually has a shot to mm-hmm. be to be a guy who you take it because we all think of like, oh my God, if a quarterback, could, a rookie, could only play with Kyle Shanahan, mm-hmm. right? Like, or can he only play with Frank Reich, or all, all this kind of stuff? And that's true for sure. But we are sleeping on the the Shermer, um, you know. You know, and like the, I think that the the point of the the last year when again when they when they were together uh, Locke and of course Shermer is that Drew Locke sucks. So like get a guy who's actually good, and you might be able to lean into that a little bit. Um, let's let's um, 
let's guess these totals here. So the Denver Broncos last year were seven and a half. They won five games. Um, they were four and six in one score games. Um, I will go first. I think that their win total uh, should be, and this is tough because you know the Watson thing is out there. Um, I think it should be seven. Okay, I said six and a half. I, I, I don't think Watson is. Yeah, is a is a real shot. And and it'd if be nice if it was, but if you're Watson, you don't want to go to Denver. Maybe. Um, I, I I wrote six and a half, and I gave it another half, like with the you know potential of the new quarterback. I just think if they have, if they have Locke, you know, it's, and he's locked in yeah, yeah. <laughs> to that spot, it's going to be really a challenge. Here's a question I got. Uh, just to expand upon that, because I think your thought process is probably, I think median, if you throw in all the simula world simulations where um, where uh, Watson's in there, the mean is seven. Let's mm -hmm. just say that. But but let, let's 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 actually play like a little bit of a game here with the quarterbacks. Okay, what's this win total with Jameis? Uh, well, it'll probably still be too low in the market. But if they had Jameis, I'd put it at eight. Yeah, I think seven and a, seven, seven, and, seven a half. and a half would be would be. Uh, what's this win total with um, Kirk Cousins? Uh, probably nine, nine and a half. Yeah, what's this win total with Ryan Fitzpatrick if he doesn't retire? Probably same with Jameis. Seven okay, and a half, eight. Like we walk through this. Yeah, and I'm getting a fairly decent scent that like. Denver doesn't have that far to go to right. actually be a, a if it's team. if it's six and a half, um, and of course we're doing this with sixteen game schedules. But um, if they got Justin Fields, I would feel really good about them eclipsing six and a half wins. Yeah. I just think he can do enough as a rookie. He might not be the best long term out of that group, but I think he's got a real shot to be the best rookie. You know, because of the fact that he's such a um, such an elite athlete. Mm -hmm. um, Okay, uh, let's go next to the Las Vegas Raiders. Last year oh, was man. seven and a half. They won eight games last year, including a game against the Kansas City Chiefs, almost won a second one. Uh, five and four in close games. Would you have them at? I bet them under last year, seven and a half, and they almost lost four straight to get it done. Mm -hmm. They won by a two-point conversion against Denver in Denver. Um, I I like I like I have them at eight. Yeah, I put seven and a half here. Um, Which is interesting. Um, eight wins, even if even though your division odds are eleven to one, that mm -hmm. seems, you know, like you want to bet one or the other, either under eight or. Yeah, the I I think eight is probably the right number. Um, I just looked at their team and I was like, man, they really don't have a ton of talent. <laughs> they just yeah. don't. You know, but but it's it's all in fungible places, right? Like they have talent at the wide receiver position with Rugs and 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 Renfro and you know Waller. I count him as a wideout. Yeah, you're not making a super compelling yeah. argument, but I, but on defense they're garbage, and like, like but yeah, like it doesn't good. take a lot to go from garbage defense to, to yeah, but it, average. Defense. It does take a little bit to go from spunky offense to great offense. True, that, that that's true. The last hump. That that what you're talking about right there, which would take it take a team from like good to great, is like what the Raiders have failed habitually at. And if you um, think about these other teams, you know, you could see that I think Brandon Staley is going to be really great with the Chargers. 
Um, I think the Broncos can only go you know, upwards in terms of they get Cortland Sutton back and hopefully they make a play at quarterback. Like that makes the other teams harder in that division. Um, and, and the Raiders got a win against the Chiefs that you certainly don't want to bank on in any year. Um, so that, that's kind of, I, I just think that they're, I think this will be a really interesting year for Derek Carr because, man, I just don't, they don't have that great of a supporting cast. And I wonder if he's able to raise it up or if he, you know, if it, if it causes him to not look so great. Uh, let's go to the Chargers now. Chargers last year were eight. Uh, they won seven games. They were five and seven in one score games. What do you have them at? Eight and a half. They're still the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I put them at eight. <laughs> They're still the Chargers. I, I put them at eight, and um, I think that's going to be. Cert- I, I think eight and a half is probably what the market will be. Mm-hmm. But Herb- the Herbert love is significant. I mean, the funniest thing there's this like big time paradox in the NFL, which is the Chargers simultaneously have no fans mm-hmm. and all those fans come out of the woodwork when you say anything bad about Justin yeah. Herbert. Yeah. He, um, the, here's the reason to be a little nervous about Justin Herbert's sophomore season. Um, he graded incredibly well under pressure. Um, expect that to regress a he little had, bit. He had almost, almost more passing yards deep than, uh, than intermediate. He graded, um, bottom third of the league in from a clean pocket. Um, and, and this is not like, this is not Justin Herbert hate. This is just yeah. simply looking at the data and trying to be realistic about things. Actually, I think Justin Herbert's a really cool dude. Um, and uh, like the fact that he came into Los Angeles and was a totally just like normal laid back guy, I think was perfect for what fit the Chargers in. needed. He fit in um, the, the team well. The one that, the thing that obviously, you know, the Chargers do have the most salary cap space in this division at 46 million. So they, if they could, they wanted to, they could sign Hunter Henry back. Mm-hmm. Um, but like getting, you know, losing Hayward, Melvin Ingram is sort of on the downward part of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, Derwin James, you know, he'll be back, but like how, how healthy can he stay, right? Like it's going to be a, a question mark. Um, Chris Harris Jr. is not a spring chicken anymore. Um, and on the offensive line, they just got rid of Trey Turner. And they don't have a left tackle to speak of. Like, mm-hmm. uh, if they go out and get a, a franchise left tackle, um, then what are they going? You know, that's going to cost them almost half of the money that they have. And then, what are they going to do at number two wide receiver? What are they going to do at tight end? What are they going to do uh, in the secondary? Um, you know, uh, what happens if somebody like Joey Bosa gets hurt? Like, mm-hmm. those are questions like that. You know, you normally don't ask, but like this is the Chargers, and this happens every time. Pass rating under pressure for Justin Herbert was 99.4. Pass rating from a clean pocket was 97.7. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you can see that and you go, wow, that's interesting. Very rarely does a quarterback have a better pass rating under pressure than he does when clean. And that's borne out in the fact that the average pass rating under pressure is 66 and the average passer rating uh, in the NFL from a clean pocket is 104. So, like, you that, know. That number, those have grown. Like, most of the gains in the NFL, passer rating-wise, have come with clean, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, I, you know, a really good ha- half a yard, half a yard um, more per pass attempt when pressure than when clean. I mean, it's it, it's it's a very anomalous thing. And and obviously, the, the words you could say about Herbert is not that he can't get better. It's that even if he does get better, statistically, you might not see the same results. Yeah, and, and that, that's a good way to put it. Like, I, I would definitely expect him to make progress from a clean pocket. 
certainly. Um, but it will be hard for him to sustain that incredible play under pressure, even if he gets better overall. Yep. All right, uh, let's go to the, the Chiefs here. Um, I'm very interested to hear what you have. I put them at 12. I, I'm doing the same numbers last year, 11 and a half. 11 and a half. I thought that's what you Andy Reid's Chiefs have gone over their season win total every single season he's been the head coach. Mm -hmm. That's why I went 11. That's <laughs> why I went 12. Um, and I think if I had to, I'd probably still bet the over. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know how you can't. Um, they went 8 and 1 in one score games, by the way. Well, they I mean, like every single. Well, they were the first team in NFL history to go. I think it was like win. It was like literally win. Seven or seven or eight consecutive games by one score. Yeah, and not yeah, did not cover. Yeah, they didn't cover a, a spread from the Jets game where they were minus twenty one and a half mm -hmm. all the way until they they beat the Bills as three point favorites in the AFC title game. Um, it, it was a weird year. Like I think, um, I think the lack of a number two wide receiver hurt them in a lot of places. I think um, obviously our offensive line made things. Uh, less easy than they could have. Mm -hmm. um, and they do have to really worry about this. Like, And Saran Petro, our friend, who's a frequent guest on this show, uh, made a point last time I was on his show that, you know, the Chiefs have to make sure that they're not doing things that put them in a position that uh, the Seahawks are in, mm -hmm. where, like, you have a brilliant quarterback, you sort of take him for granted, and one day he wakes up and he's like, why aren't they supporting me? Yep. You know, and I, I, I don't think that that's – that's anywhere near the case in Kansas City. I mean, they put they gave Watkins sixty million a year. They give uh, they consistently reward Kelsey Hill. Um, they drafted Hardman in the second round. They drafted Edwards Hilaire at the request of Mahomes. It appeared uh, in round one last year. It's just does he shift his focus now to the offensive line? And and what what kind of um, pressure does that put on Steve Spagnuolo in the on the other mm -hmm. side of the football to play competent defense for the next few years? I. I just keep coming back to the Edwards Lair pick and laugh. You know, I mean, like, yeah. I know. I, I just, it just can't believe that they actually made that pick. And it's, it's, it, I mean, well, no, if anyone wants to come here and try and defend that pick again, I would love them to. But here's, the, here's, I think, the key that. part of that pick. They went running back, linebacker around one and two. The other team that we view as very, very smart, the Ravens, line, running back, linebacker, running back, one, two. And both teams had, perturbations that really screw like the 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 ravens couldn't find swing a yeah. swing a bat and hit a, a you know they couldn't Healthy find a wide receiver line. at all and yeah. the chiefs like they the chiefs could have had a tackle at that at that spot they could have had you know they could have had a second wide receiver there they could have had a number of think a cornerback something like that there and and I get it. I get the whole like, look, we're a stacked team, so let's let's take a position a luxury position. But I think what we're finding is that no team is in that position. None. Tampa will not. I, if Tampa takes Najee Harris to 32, we're all going to be, we're all going to rush to figure out what what's the thing about Najee Harris that's special. And when Tampa, lose, when Tampa loses a, an edge player and a corner through injury and they're an average defense next year and Brady's grinding out 55 mm -hmm. pass attempt games during the middle of the season, it's going to be like, no, it was just they thought they were more stable than they were, and Here, that and that was the that was to me the Chiefs Edward Tulare pick. Is it going to crush the franchise? No, not no decision is going to crush the Chiefs franchise. They have Patrick Mahomes. Is it going to make 
Did it make their lives any easier? No. No, it harder. Uh, here's the the translation when someone says, oh, yeah, our team is stacked and we have this luxury pick. What they really mean is we're a talented team that was healthy at the end of last year. <laughs> That's right. That's all it means. Because mm -hmm. next year when they're injured and, um, you know, like the Ravens were bringing in subs left and right uh, at the off on the offensive line, you're going to go, oh, wow, they're really thin there. And there's also no guarantee. Like, Edward Tolaire got hurt. Edward Tolaire wasn't that effective when he played. Patrick Queen was kind of a terrible – like, Patrick Queen, like, it, it's fine. For but but he, he struggled last year. And that happens. Like, that doesn't make the Patrick Queen pick a bad pick. It just means there are no sure things. Like, mm -hmm. you know, Quentin El – I think Quentin Nelson might have been, like, the surest thing. And what what have the Colts – what is the – Quentin Nelson's been fucking Larry Allen out there. But what has it really done to the Colts offense? The Colts offense is gone as the quarterback has gone, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, not to say that he's not an important piece. It's just – you know, when you make these high leverage picks, when you do these high leverage things in free agency, how many guards have gotten released over the past like few yeah, weeks? Yeah. Like, there's never like you're paying up for some of these certain things that you believe are locks. Like the re there's no such thing as a free lunch. All these teams have the same information as you. So if you go out there and overpay for a guy or draft, if you're the first team to draft a kicker mm -hmm. in the in the draft, you're not. It's not some stroke of genius on your part. It's you. Mis misreading the, the the value system there. Um, I'm very interested to see what the what the Bucks do uh, in the draft. But let me say this about they need an engine on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm thinking about the Chiefs, and I know that there's going to be all this. Okay, they got to get tackles. They got to get tackles. How cool would it be if they went and signed a, a wide receiver? I mean, what if they put Will Fuller on that team? Like, how cool would that be? Um, yeah, wouldn't, I, that be wouldn't that be sweet? No, it would be amazing. I mean, the the problem with Fuller, and I think why they won't end up doing it, is because he's his. In, I mean, his hamstrings and Sammy Watkins' hamstrings make one of those tweets with the yeah, handshakes. Yeah, yeah. You know, like so. so um, but but I, I wouldn't mind. So here's a, a thing. A thing the Chiefs have admittedly struggled at, and this could be like a domino that falls for them. They've been they've been a good red zone offense, mm -hmm. but not nearly as good of a red zone offense as their actual offense is. Mm -hmm. And they've they've gone out of their way to sign players who they've tried a lot of players to to rectify that. Um Kelvin Benjamin was a big wide receiver they they brought in. Like they wanted Le'Veon Bell was explicitly like, hey, we want to get better mm -hmm. in the red zone. And like does that put like if Kenny Galladay's market softens, does that put him in the conversation for Kansas City? Like they don't they're not a even their tight end, who's I think one of the best tight ends in league history, is not a body you box you out tight end. He's a get separation tight end. So mm -hmm. in the red and that's harder to do in the red zone. I mean, he, he accomplishes it. But if they had some guy that Mahomes could just throw the back shoulder fade to, then could could oh god, you know the back shoulder fade. Yeah, it, it's a good point. I, the one thing that I was noticing in looking at Mahomes, Mahomes is just so fucking good. Um, <laughs> But, like, I, I anticipate Mahomes this year, by the way. I think he's going to absolutely <laughs> – he is going to annihilate the league. I was looking at the MVP odds right now. I know he's the favorite at 6-1. to one. I'm considering betting that right now. Um, yeah. he, he – so all these signs. So last year they're cruising. They end up losing in, in the Super Bowl. Motivating. Uh, he just had a kid. Motivating. Um, there isn't going to be... By the way, be... did you hear that they the Texas Tech soccer team offered her a scholarship? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Um, it's a, it's a... 
So his life, I feel like there was a lot going on last offseason with the, you win the Super Bowl, you sign this contract, the pandemic happens, all this stuff going on. They also explicitly made their moves to win the Super Bowl in 2020, which which I think put some pressure on them that maybe mm -hmm. the best thing about their 20, as a fan, at least the best thing about their 2019 Super Bowl is they, they sneak snuck up on everybody, you know, yeah. like the Ravens were the coronated team almost all year and like, and they're still a favorite. So I, they're not sneaking up anybody this year, but I like your points. I think that they're. Uh, yeah. To me, this is an off season where Mahomes doesn't have distraction and can be singularly focused on no. improving as a football player. And I actually think there's shockingly, like there's some real places that he can improve that can make a, a big difference. Like I think we saw it in the Super Bowl. If he works at some of the stuff that Brady's so good at, you know, and, and recognizing things pre-snap, getting into different plays, um, that could be dangerous. I also think this was interesting. Um, his lowest passer rating by depth was on throws 20 plus yards downfield. He was had a below average passer rating on throws 20 plus yards downfield, which you would go, wow, there's there's absolutely no way. Um, had an above average turnover with the play rate on those throws. Um, like, I think there's legitimate opportunity for him to improve. And I think getting another wide receiver only makes that um, makes that better. So the Mahomes MVP train, I am driving. Yeah. I think 12 I think, is, the, is the win total yeah. number. Um, and I would still probably bet over. Yeah, I think, I think they need, my, the drum that I'm going to, to bang this offseason mm. is that if you think your team needs a wide receiver, they need two. Like I think the Chiefs need two wide receivers. And they're going to uh, listen to you and go get two tackles. They need two tackles too. But yeah. they, 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 they need, need it. Like if the Chiefs go They could get Alshon Jeffrey and kill two birds with one stone. Well, they'd have to also buy some In-N-Out Burger. Mm. Like that's like the the bridge from the bridge. Alshon Jeffrey to tackle. Hey, I can go <laughs> for some In-N-Out Burger right now. Um, cool. Uh, anything else before we close this one out? Uh, no, I mean, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm really excited for this week. I think it, it's going to be different. This is the second straight year we're not in the office. I thought 2019 was a lot of fun. We were all mm -hmm. in the office when these things were happening. Mm -hmm. Um, but we'll be in tomorrow, though. Last year, we were completely remote. Remember the videos we were making on Dude. our phone that we put on Twitter? Absolutely. Uh, the, we'll have those. The pandemic memories we'll have uh, forever. But, but this year, we'll, we'll, have some, we'll have some live shows. Too. We'll be able to react to things. I think, uh, like I said at the top, um, unlike anybody else. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're even going to do some, uh, some clubhouse stuff. Hoping to get Richard Sherman to announce his decision uh on Ooh. his podcast live that would be pretty sweet they're gonna have shaq barrett on it looks like um so it should be a lot of fun thanks for hanging out see you guys later peace